Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show today. We are excited to bring on another longtime friend, John Fagey. Uh, to the podcast and uh, know John for gosh I don't know like 25 30 years somewhere like that sounds bad as the grow as that gray hairs pop out uh, but uh, before we get to John let's check in with the guys to see what's going on we'll uh, start with uh, Brad what's going on song of Norway shirt he's sporting tonight yeah my old my repop of the old uh, song of Norway t-shirt none of my course. shirts from that era fit at all <laughs> well this I had this redone <laughs> I, I took it. I took it to. I took my old shirt because I mean it was just in tatters, and I took my old shirt to a t-shirt shop, and I said, "Can you make me a new one of these?" And man, they did a great job. They they just oh, wow. copied it exactly. So I was really. I, I wonder if think... I can do that with the greaser, the fifties and sixties rock and roll nights. Absolutely, absolutely. You can you can do it. They can do it. They're good. I do it. not have one piece of clothing from ship days. I don't think I don't think I have even one. I really regret not keeping my uniform. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. When I was, when I was, uh, when I was doing the Renaissance gig, I was chief purser. So I'd always turn my uniforms in. And when I came back on, I'd get new uniforms. Even your, your shoulder things. Your epaulets. Yeah, I think so. I could. We used to keep them. Like we on on on. um, That's the only thing I have left. Yeah, that's the only thing I think I have left is a pair of epaulets from from those days. Uh, But not not uniforms. Those I left them all on the Sun Viking. Like, nope, not taking that with me. Cool. Yeah, I I uh, I kept a lot of my shoulder boards, uh, uh, but uh, and I kept tried to keep. All, almost all of my name tags because I used to make name tags a lot. So th- those, those meant a lot to me. So I, I, I have those. about 12 name tags. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see a picture of them. I've got, Oh, them Hey, all. so how's your only fan? I've even got my Jesus. I've even got my Jesus uh, name, name tag that I used to wear around the Sun Viking <laughs> that I got in trouble for <laughs> <laughs> the only one I don't have. And I don't know what happened to it. And I'm, I'm shocked that I, I didn't try and keep that as my captain love name tag that i wore around that i almost got a warning for what you got a warning for that one captain love and not jesus no not quite but i got a very stern i had to go see the captain he's like name tags name tags are important oh because it's a captain on it yeah and they were not they were not happy and see i went down and got one of those norwegian uh seaman's hats that the captain and staff captain used to wear and i put a big heart on it and i made a name tag captain love it was for it was for valentine's day it was uh yeah it was it was totally innocent but they they frowned upon that so hard eric what's Mm. going on with you not a lot besides, as I mentioned, well, when we started talking before here, I think I have COVID, just woke up <clears throat> Monday and just not feeling well. And Can you put a mask on while we're on, <laughs> on the Zoom call? <laughs> but besides that, I, I had to run out today. I had a closing and I left my puppy in the crate. It was only two hours. I got home and there was poop everywhere. And I was like, oh man, I can't believe it. Thankfully it was in the crate, but he was just you know, carried the crate out the door, opened the door, let him run around. He tried to jump on me, covered him in the towel, took him up and gave him a bath. And I mean, it was just like, uh, I can't, I can't believe this. So he, he poops in the crate, right? So tonight 
a couple of times lately, I've seen him like, I'm, I'm wondering where he is. And I go look and he's trapped in the mudroom. And I'm like, I thought I had that door closed. How did he get into the mudroom? And the door doesn't close that well, but it, it, it can. And I noticed him tonight. He was like standing up on his two legs and he was hitting the doorknob to try to get it open. And I was like, you mother her you can figure <laughs> out how to open a door but you can't figure out not to go to the bathroom in a, in a you know just outside. the important stuff yeah anyway wow that's my uh, puppy update there uh, there we go well hey let's uh let's get on with the show let's bring our guest in tonight super excited to uh bring john on uh, john uh, welcome to the podcast good to see hey. you again yeah same great to see you guys and uh thanks for doing the show it's it's been a, a great trip down memory lane to listen to uh a lot of the crew members and some of the stories that uh you guys bring together so good idea awesome. well done what are what yeah. are some of your favorites do you know offhand uh oh the guy that was on the ship that sank the oceana and uh, uh oh Moss and Hill. Just, yeah, yeah. Moss Hill, that was just nuts yeah, and, yeah. You know, just uh, just hearing all the names, Stevie B was just, you know, a trip and and just it just in thinking about coming on the show, it was almost like I was trying to remember things like tonight at the gym. I was just like, OK, oh, yeah, don't forget that. No, don't forget that. And Oh, tell them about that. You know, and it's just it goes on and on. And I, I was out there for a while. So there's a but it's great memories. Just, you know, I'm sure this, the reason you did this is because of that. Yeah. And awesome. that's the thing is that as we start talking, you'll remember a lot more. And as we've had different <clears throat> guests uh, on here, you know, it jars our memories too, because we don't remember sure. all that stuff. I mean, I'm trying to remember, Eric, where I might, what ship we would have worked on. I mean, you look familiar to me, but I don't remember exactly where we worked. Uh, probably, I think, I know that we worked together because I recognize the name immediately. And, you know, as pursers, we remember names yeah. sometimes more than. Uh, were, you more the than chief, were you chief purser at, some, at one no, point? No, I was, no. Uh, I, when I left, I was the first purser. So, okay. but I, if you worked on the Majesty at the beginning, anywhere near the yes. beginning, I was yes. on there as an That's assistant purser. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, hey, so uh, John, so I, I don't think, uh, um, well, really any of us know kind of what you did before cruise ships. So give us kind of like a backstory what you did before cruise ships and how you came on to work well, on cruise ships. As soon as I got out of school, I had an uncle who business associate owned what is now Coco Key. Wow. And I, okay. I, so I was at a Thanksgiving dinner back in the day, 85, 84, 84. And my uncle was you know, asking me about some of the things I'd already been traveling. And he said, Hey, I have a friend who owns an Island in the Bahamas and he needs somebody to teach snorkelers or something. He goes, I don't know exactly. Here's his phone number. So I called Neil Rusick, who was a, a NASA, uh, NASA uh, scientist who wanted to raise kelp in that bay out, you know, where the right wow. out there off the shore, but it never took a hold. The Bahamian government was, you know, they wanted their, they wanted their uh, bribes or backhanders or whatever. And it never took off. And while the guy's sitting there owning this island, he sees the Norway start to pull up to Great Stirrup Key. And that's when the first out islands were first starting going where ships stopped for a beach day. And so this guy said, hey, wait a second. He got a hold of Eastern Cruise Lines. And so I graduated from school. And within a couple of months after uh, graduating, I was in the Bahamas and on the Emerald Seas as a dive instructor. And you huh. say school, what wow. school? I College. went to the University of Northern Iowa. Yeah, Cedar Falls, okay. Iowa. Yeah, I'm originally from Iowa. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Cedar I, Falls. Yeah, nice yeah, place. I, yeah. That's where I went to school, and it's funny because you know, with Amy Haig and and all the youth staff that come yeah. out of Monticello, Iowa, I was more. I went to school in Marion, Iowa, 
And there were that Monticello is in our conference. So I used to wrestle against Monticello. And then later on, on ships, I'm like meeting all these people from Monticello. I'm like, <laughs> how are you out here? You know? And they're like, Oh, Nancy Corbin. So yeah. that kind of went full circle. And then Chris Rosiska is also from Cedar Rapids. Oh, and I did, I didn't realize the, it. Huh? Yeah, it's quite the Iowa contingent on board from what I remember. Yeah. And especially, know, you're right. They use stuff well, like Diane Myers. Uh, it's not Morgan. the end of the world. You can see it from there. So we all want to get out of there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have not been to Western Oklahoma. <laughs> well, okay. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. You can't get there from here, I don't think. <laughs> hey, so I thought the uh, um, I thought from what I remember, and I may be totally completely wrong, but I thought the owner of the island was like a uh, the guy that used to live in that house in the middle of the island was like an author or something. He, he did. He wrote a book called Shallow Seas, and that's what the name Bahamas means in English, Bahamar, Shallow Seas. And he wrote a story about it. He, he liked to perpetuate that there was buried treasure on the island. And when we worked there, they tried to play. They had a, a tram that took you and they had they had uh, there used to be that tower in the middle. So I lived on that island when it was just four, four little huts. And we would do one week on the island, two weeks on the ship one week on the island, two weeks on the ship. Huh. There was three of us and we would rotate. And my cousin, Dan Meyer, also, you know, his dad is the one that hooked me up with it. So it only lasted about a year because then Royal Caribbean sniffed that out. And, and the, the, the whole out island thing, the beach day thing was taking off. Bruce Nuremberg from NCL, you know, invented that. And then, oh, the guy was making a deal with Admiral. And Royal Caribbean bought Admiral so they could get that contract to take their passengers there. And that's why they bought those ships. At least that's what was the wow. common, common knowledge. So when Royal Caribbean, but I didn't get to Royal Caribbean right away after that. So 85, 86 diver on Emerald Seas. Then I kind of 87 to 92, I was still in the travel industry, but I was more of a tour guide and a trip director for incentive travel for those five years. I saw a lot of the world, but I wasn't really on ships like a crew member, but I would come across ships. One of the things I did was I, I met an artist from Alaska and we went on the Costa Daphne and we went on the World Explorer cruise lines in 86 and 87. I lived in Vancouver uh, during Expo 86, which was just it was just magic summer living there during Expo. And then 87 lived in Vancouver again for the summer, but going out on Costa Daphne and World Explorer cruise lines, which went to like all the way over to Kodiak Island and, you know, a 14 day itinerary. It was, it's the same ship that does the semester at sea. Wasn't the, oh, the, yeah. the, the world, the one that Kara worked on after Royal Caribbean? No, that's, that's a super high end ship. The world, that's oh, a, world. that's okay. a like million dollar staterooms. This is, this was basically instead of like closets in your room, you had, you had lockers like at a, in a school and, 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 but it was, they, they chartered the ship during the summer in the last, the rest of the year, the university of Pittsburgh had semester at sea on there. You could huh. take a semester at sea. So I did that. And then I kept coming across ships and I did in the incentive business, I did 15 charter cruises on the wind spirit, which is the ones with the sails, you know, uh, oh, wow. cruises. yeah. And Chevrolet chartered 15 of those for their top sales people. And I, I worked on, I did those runs. And so I was always, you know, on and on and off ships. And then finally, uh, probably, you know, to, to, to your podcast point, I came on 92, I uh, came on the sovereign early 92. I don't think the majesty was out yet. And I met Ray Rouse and his team, Kilo, Charlie Rizzo, 
and I was bringing a group there, an incentive group. And I met the gang. I met the gang, and we we hit it off. Kara and I, uh, I invited Kara to go on a seven day bicycle ride across Iowa. It's called Ragbri. It's an organized ride. Mm-hmm. There's like ten thousand people on the ride. It's a lot of fun. Oh wow! It's like a rolling party on two wheels. And, and so she said yes. So Kara and I went on that bike ride in July. We started dating, and I applied for the job. Of course, she, you know she opened the door for me to get in with Ray. And I think a guy was named Alec Perez was in the office and all the big hitters and boom, I got hired. I got hired as a short excursion manager right out of the box. And my hire, my hire date was August 24th, 1992. Does that ring a bell? Anybody know that that is hurricane hurricane Andrew. That's right. I landed in, I landed in the, in Miami and there was already the hurricane warnings up. Oh, oh wait God. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so we're getting into a ship story. So, uh, let's let's go oh. ahead and roll into your ship story. Okay, I'm John Feggy, aka Johnny Adventure, and this is my ship story. So, the very very first time I landed in Miami to go down to the ship, go over Dodge Island, the little bridge that used to be there, not the big one. And I'm, you know, I'm a basically a college kid, just out of college from Iowa. And I went and took all the classes to be snorkel instructor and lifeguard and all that, but I hadn't really had a lot of experience and and I go up over that little bridge and I look down and they're filming Miami Vice on a sailboat wow. right underneath the bridge on a you know Crockett and Tubbs and the alligator right. are all there with the movie cameras and all that so that was that was my you know Emerald Seas trip was pretty quick but it was it was like an endless spring break because I was just <laughs> young and it was it was constant you know it was just turnover and I can remember thinking Okay, this cruise, I'm not going to party <laughs> at all. I gotta just, I gotta, I gotta get my art, my cabin organized. I gotta write some postcards to my family back home, you know. And 15 minutes into the cruise, you know, the disco is like, boom, 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 boom. and I'd be like, ah, screw it. I'd be back up there with my my friends. There were some great people on the ships back then: Greg Davidson and Dale Irvin, and a guy named Tim Gammon was the lead singer, and him and I became good friends and, and there were the, the 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 cast was called Lazaz and this was the Emerald, Seas. Admiral, Emerald Seas Emerald Seas em, Emerald Cruise Seas right. yeah, yeah and and Roxanne Jordan and some of these people were just you know I I I just they were just it was just a great you know like every ship experience it was just great people that you you know you uh you met on there so then then the uh, the ship got sold and I started doing other travel things. As I was saying, there was about a five-year window where I was hit and miss on ships. And then in 92, I got hired. The hurricane's going to hit. I was in the Biscayne Bay Marriott. They kicked us out of there. They sent us to the little hotel out by the Miami airport. And I met this guy at the front desk who didn't have a room. I had a room. I got one of the last rooms at that little hotel out by the airport. And his name was Spike Peterson. <laughs> I met him. I met him at the front desk, and you know that, and I just met him, and I said, "You can yeah. stay with me. You can stay with me." Oh, Spike's a blast! Oh, you know he's yeah. a he's so a. So we pilot. went through the hurricane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we he's a pilot for Southwest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah. so, uh, so I meet this guy named Spike, and he's a trip, and we're both kind of Boy yeah. Scouts. So we go to the store and get a, a styrofoam cooler, and you know, lunch meat, and you know, we're hunkering down. We're getting ready for the hurricane, and so. The hurricane hits. The two things I remember the most about it was one, the next morning I went outside and there's a lot of little stories. There was a a Hispanic family hunkered down in the stairwell and they had like four kids and 
and they were super scared and they, I didn't speak any Spanish and they didn't speak any English, but I was trying to tell them everything's going to be okay. And their kids, her kids never made a peep the whole time. I was just amazed how the kids didn't act out. Didn't, they were so well-behaved, but little things like that. But Spike and I, the next day we went outside and there was a, I counted somewhere around 30, 40 windows out of that hotel blown out. Wow. And there was not one shard of glass to be found. So those windows had to blow so far away that they were like they didn't suck break. them out and just they didn't break anywhere. I walked along the building. I looked in the hedge. I looked in the parking lot. I could not find one stinking piece of glass wow. that freaked me out. And then I had a rental car and I took off and then that hotel ran out of food. They were cooking with propane. They were running out of food. There was no you know electricity was off. Roads were blocked by things down. And about the third day we were there, Mike and I walked to the airport. There was no, the airport was closed anyway. And we got to the airport and there was air conditioning, television, hamburger, you know, the, the, the yeah. lounges were open because they had emergency generators in the airport. So yeah. we ran back and got a couple other guys we had met because they were running out of food at the, at the hotel. And then we, we, we hunkered, we just stayed all day at the and, and then, you know, there's a Miami uh, hotel up there. MIA airport has a hotel mm -hmm. in the top with a swimming pool and we hadn't had a sh hot shower for a few days. So we're we're diving in the pool at the Miami uh, airport hotel up on top and a workout center up there. I remember Spike had a bar of soap. I'm like, really, Spike? You're getting in the pool with a bar of soap? <laughs> you heathen? Anyway, yeah, so. You can but, imagine. Okay, everybody, it was August. Yes. Late August in Miami is horrible. Oh, it's the worst yeah. time of year to be there. It is so hot and humid. It yep. is just gross gross yeah. gross gross so you can imagine and, with no electricity oh. and then i was supposed to get on the nordic empress and they used it as a housing for the employees whose houses had been destroyed down in cutler ridge and down right. at, you know the, in in uh, the grove and stuff that's where it kind of the, the yeah. main part went through you know so yeah i signed off the majesty the following sunday so. maybe it was hurricane hugo i've got a couple of pictures of boats that weren't even destroyed other than you can't do anything but destroy them to yeah. get them off of there but there was big miniature yachts all the way, like, uh -huh. you know, half a mile on land in the middle of a road or in uh -huh. the middle of, uh, you know, somebody's yard just sitting there. Uh -huh. And we're like, Get, take my picture, jump on the boat. And like, we're yeah. jumping on the boats well, and taking pictures. And when I have a picture of me and Spike sitting on sandbags at the Royal Caribbean office. And so David Vandepass was, you know, the guy. And I, it took about 10 days before anybody started regularly showing up at the office. And then I finally, got on the, the Nordic Empress. And I was, I was hired as a shore excursion manager. And in all the confusion, I had no training, no handover. And I had never been a shore excursion manager. I had, I didn't know this until later, I was supposed to have an assistant and I didn't have that. <laughs> so after about three or four cruises, I go in the office and, and, and I'm like, this is trickier than I, this is tougher the gig than I thought. And, he, and David Vandepass says, well, what about so-and-so? And I said, who's that? He goes, your assistant. And I go, I have no assistant out there. He's like, oh my God, you know, and David Vandepass had, <laughs> everything was written on a legal pad and he had file cabinets full of legal pads. Oh, wow. And, you know, he went over there and shuffled through them and then went, okay. So within a week I had an assistant and then it was a lot easier on that, on that ship. And then I went to the Viking serenade. And in the meantime, Kara and I, who had done the bicycle trip with earlier, you know, we, we were trying to get to, on the same ship. And then I went on the Majesty. When, were, when, 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 uh, when did you get on the Serenade? You know, maybe in the fall, that fall, like uh, uh, October of, of 92, 92, 92 or 93. 
Uh, I, I don't remember. I went on the Nordic Empress for maybe a contract less. Ray Rouse was trying to get me to be with Kara because we were going out then. So uh, I went on the Serenade and then to the Majesty, which I think ruffled. I found out later ruffled some feathers because I was the new kid on the block. And that was a brand new ship in 92. So mm-hmm. I, I went there as short excursion manager, but I didn't know. And I was doing OK. So then then uh, that that was that was it. And, you know, all the people that that I hung out with were so cool on there. I should have you know, got my C-Trek shirt. Oh, yeah. I still have three so, or four of so the Scott, orange. When, when did we work on the same ship together? Uh, Majesty. Yeah, that was and my that first is, one for like two and a half years. So and what, what to, you, OK. Yeah. So that's when I did meet you. 92 yeah. to 94. And then I went to the Empress for one or two contracts i think maybe one because we got in trouble on um, still stealing some carpet and yeah. uh, and uh, they didn't put us back or me back there so uh, i went to the monarch <laughs> well and so on, I, you know friday i went and saw bucky Hurd's show and he was here in fort myers and him and i went out after the show and had dinner and you know we were talking about in jamaica on the majesty and he, we used to go to this little kiosk on the side of the road and the lady who ran it, you know, get a red stripe and whatever party materials, you know, you needed. And this lady named Vi was there and I started asking her about Bob Marley. And I know, Brad, you talked about this in one of the episodes, but this is 92. So I don't know when the first time you guys ever went there or heard about, but I was asking her to go. And she said, well, next, next week, I'll get a van and I'll take you there. So we did that. We took her she and i mean the side roads and the little side twists and through this gate and and we went there and bucky and i were just like wow so the next week my dad was on the ship and i was like i i set it up with vi and a guy that my dad was at my dad's dinner table was up owned a pub in scotland i remember his name was alfie and he was a big a music aficionado and i said the first day of the cruise hey you want to go see bob marley's place oh birthplace so we went the next week and we started going there every week because everybody would be like we want to go and then i found out you could rent motorcycles in ocho rios and i always had a motorcycle since i was 15 so i started taking the crew up there i remember one time we went there had to be 12 motorcycles was that the one where bob leininger and stevie b and you and and there was a big group of of motorcycles We, we went up there i remember one time Bruce Wolf, the system specialist, yeah. I taught him how to ride a motorcycle in the morning before we went up there. He, oh, really? He's like, I don't think I can do this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is the clutch. I go, just meet a little early. I'll, I'll give you some lessons. And we'd go up there and Chucky and Sima, uh, David, David and Sima with the guy that did Chucky, the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, so, and that just started to be a thing we did. And a lot of crew members we took up there and now it's a tour. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I don't even know. I would what? take a van. It's a tour now. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty not? sure. Oh, I'm did they take sure. them? At, did they take them in that uh, well, that little room and and give them a coke and a joint? Oh well. Or they go I rem- on the I, tour. I remember the guy who told who showed us around <laughs> the first time. If you've been up there, you you the guy Robin was our tour guide. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I can remember 1992. The guy's name was Robin. That's kind of, <laughs> but, but he goes, yeah, man, this where Bob buried. And you know, Bob Marley is in a mausoleum on there and he's six feet above the ground. And the, the tomb that he's in the mausoleum is Italian marble donated from the Italian government. 
and there's a, a stained glass window in the in the room that's built around it. The building is only three feet bigger than the whole mausoleum, although you can walk around it. And that is a red lion. And the Ethiopian government donated that stained glass window. And I remember Robin, the tour guide, the Jamaican guy, say, Yaman, in the morning, the sun come up and shine through the Lion of Zion right here and shine <laughs> right, on, right on Bob's head. And he puts <laughs> his hand on that stone marble. And I'm thinking, Bob Marley's head is right behind this thing. And I get goosebumps even to this day thinking about it, that Bob Marley's head was right there because, you know, he's a prophet, man. So, so let's go to um, life on ships and shenanigans and stuff. Did, would okay. you ever uh, do uh, jokes or play jokes on anybody, um, uh, parties, miss the ship, you know, anything? I, 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 on the Emerald Seas, I missed the ship. I was friends with the bosun where I worked doing the dive stuff, and I jumped across to the pilot ladder at 3.30 in the morning in Nassau, Bahamas. And, <laughs> and, and that never happened again. I, 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 my heart was beating like a rabbit. But I, that was a pretty harrowing thing. And just to jump across there when the ship was leaning away, starting to pull away from the dock and the bosun's like this, you know, Jamaican guy throws up the ladder down. But I, you know, I probably like you guys for years after I got off ships, I had that dream where you're missing the ship, you know, <laughs> but I, I never really missed the ship again. Although one time we were really late getting back in Scotland and I had the staff cat. We had another group of vans. We went up to Loch Ness and Loch Lomond and Glencoe. And we went all the way up to drink some single malts. And we were late getting back. But we had we had four stripes and and other we had the system specialists with us. They they weren't gonna sail. Good company. Uh, and, and we've mentioned that I think a couple of times. When you're gonna be late, make sure you're with the right people. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny that just came to my mind. Well, one time there was a comedian on the ship named Greg Davidson. This is back to the Emerald Seas. We used to go to Green Shutters and they used to make a punch there called CMFers, California and Mother, you know what? And we got the recipe from the guy. So we bought all the bottles at the liquor store in Nassau and we made California Mother on ship on the ship. We made them by the pitcher and we went up on deck and we were inviting some of the, you know, a, a available crew, a cruise passengers to have a sip of our, our new punch that we were making. And somewhere along the way, me and Greg went back to the cabin. Somebody had cleaned out their cabin and left that mattress laying in the hallway, sitting in the crew area. And we just looked at each other and we grabbed it. And we're running like, you know, the Keystone cops running. And then we got to his cabin and we're later on, we're partying and this mattress is kind of in the way. And on his cabin, you could open the door, the window, the, the uh -huh. porthole. Back in the day, you could just undog the, the undog the screw those four big bolts, uh -huh. and we opened that and we rolled that thing up like a tootsie roll, and we shoved it out the, the window. I have a picture of it going out out the window. Oh man! And then we're like, "Holy shit!" That probably from the bridge, the w bridge wing, they could see that, but maybe they couldn't tell exactly what porthole it came out. So we scurried up to the disco. We go up to the disco, the island club. We go out on the back deck. And we're sitting on the rail looking for it. And we see this guy and his wife. And we go, how's it going? They go, it's going good. They go, we can't believe it. It probably wasn't. But we thought we saw a mattress go by. <laughs> like, you don't say. <laughs> but uh, so stuff like that. But, um, you know, I can't really. I didn't really. I wasn't really. I wanted to stay on ship. So I didn't really get in. Try to ever break the rules. 
I, I did, you know, on the Emerald Seas back then, you could sleep with guests. So sometimes we'd meet somebody. But after that, when it wasn't allowed, I usually, as Laura Lieberman, you know, used to say, you know, you get in a relationship on the ship and you know, you know, the day it's, it has an expiration date. It's the day you get one of you signs off. You well, know? on your, on your thing that you just mentioned, I got to ask, so no, no names or anything on any what? ship. Where's the, where's the wildest or strangest place that you did it on a, on the ship? I, I didn't really have, I, I never really, uh, not out in any kind of a public area I, on the Emerald seas. I don't know why I keep going back. They had a, a the aquamarine deck forward. There was only two cabins in the front. They were like the suites on the Emerald seas. And you could go through that door out there and it was a, a, a balcony with just those two cabins and they couldn't walk out there. They just had a porthole or bigger than a porthole, proper window. So they could look out the front of the ship. It's the two best cabins on the ship. Mm -hmm. One time I went up there with two cruise guests because it was perfectly dark. It was under the bridge and you could mm -hmm. see constellations and stuff. And, you know, I used to study that stuff. So I was like good at pointing out the, you know, the constellations so i'm up there with two women and i turn around and they're looking out towards the stars and i'm looking back at those two windows and there's a couple just going at it you know like <laughs> having at it like you know i was like oh my so i'm trying to keep a straight face watching this couple you know going at it and these two gals that i'm talking to i'm trying to point out you know cassiopeia and you know the big dipper and i'm like uh, there's anyway that that but that's <laughs> something funny from way back but not really nothing i remember one time jeffrey arpin who was a great cruise director and super generous guy um whenever we go out i always remember that about him and and super funny guy too he one morning oh you don't remember rain the group yeah, rain course. and jimmy yeah. jim, jim riddle the who, guy who played john lennon who was very John Lennon-esque, you know, his birthday, it was tradition for him to have a cake and they had a big party in the cruise director's room and they had a chocolate fondue and the whole thing. And Jimmy Riddle used to pull his trousers down, and put his butt on his cake. And then that was the, you know, he stamped it with his approval. And then that, that was kind of his thing. So one year he did that the and cake. then it, yeah, he did. And then one, and then pretty soon people smeared a little bit on somebody's face and then it, it and then the chocolate fondue and I got out of there because I had to get up early anyway. And it was starting. It was just starting. And I get down there the next morning, Jeffrey Arpin's in his office. I go, whatever, what happened? I go, that got out of control. And he said, I'm going to give you this key. Do not let anyone else in there. And I went up and looked at his room and it was destroyed. And I came back oh, down and, he, and I go, what are you going to do? He goes, I can't remember the name of the chief. He had already given the chief cabin steward a thousand dollars to recarpet and redo every oh my god every, every from top to bottom the room was redone all the bedspreads all the curtains everything you know they oh had all those guys to redo all that stuff and he already tipped him out he goes you're the last person that'll see it like that it'll be all done by the end of today and they read they put the carpet down and everything but wow you know and just fun stuff like that do you guys ever do Dundee Ranch, the horseback riding? That's so, yes. I did that in, in Costa Alaska. Rica. And one time, I loved taking that trip because it's just they'd let you run the horses. It wasn't one of those, you yeah. know, bumbadida, bumbadida. And, and I and I remember run. the horses were in really good condition too. Oh like, yeah, they really took oh, yeah. care of the horses. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you might have been on that trip, Scott, but I was on the Sun Viking on that trip. Oh no, on the Song of America, I think. I, I can't remember, but they had a stunt man. They had a 
a, a number in the show that was a pirate number and a guy jumped out of the crow's nest on the stage into a mattress, but you couldn't see it. You know what I mean? It was, they had a proper stunt man in the show. And so we all, you know, we all did the Dundee ranch thing and we go out there to ride horses. And like I said, the horses run, these are not like, you know, old plotters. And he got off his horse in this field and he adjusted the stirrup and he put one foot back in the stirrup and he went to throw his leg over and something spooked the horse and the horse took off and he had that foot caught in there. And I'm thinking to myself, only person who's going to survive this is a stunt man. Oh, wow. yeah. And he knew how to bounce it. And that horse was, there was thistles and there were some parts where there was, you know, stones. That horse ran around that field spooked. And I watched a real stunt man do in real time a stunt that he didn't have any plan that he was going to do <laughs> that day. I have one story that's kind of in my mind, a, a crazy 24 hour period. So the Royal Caribbean sent me to Dominica because they were going to start running the Song of America there. And they, I met with the tour agent. Where are we going to unload the buses, logistics? And we used to come into that place, Fort Shelley or whatever up north. It wasn't really a town. Do you remember that? Did anybody do that? Never been to, I've never been to Dominica. No, it's, it, it's Dominica. The Dominican Republic is in. No, is no, a, yeah. Okay, but Dominica. Dominica. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, no. so I happened to be there for two days. The second, the first, well, overnight. Okay, all day, one day. And then the next day I had to leave. That night was their independence. And I'm staying with the port agent who knows everybody in, you know, on the island. He runs, his whole family ran the only lumber yard. The, you know, they were, you know, they ran the show. So he's like, Independence Day, big party. So we go down. I remember eating like they cook rat, aguda, they called it. We were, you know, we, we, I was trying all the local stuff. And I just happened to remember that, you know, what are you eating there? Oh, it's rat. Okay. Anyway. Uh, and a party, it got later and later. I, I got, they were giving me drinks. I got hammered. And I had already known that the next day when I got back to Miami, Jeffrey Arpin had invited me to a black tie affair thing that he was invited to up in Boca Raton. So I'm hung, I, I'm, I'm hung over the next morning. I can't even get a taxi. It's five o'clock. I got to get to Canefield airport in Dominica. I fly to St. Martin. I have a layover there. I used to be in the incentive business. I knew a girl that worked at that hotel that's right around the corner from Juliana Airport. I go over there because I, I got a four-hour layover, four-and-a-half-hour layover, and I got my tux. So I go over there. Is Julie here? Uh, yeah, she'll be right out. She comes out. Hey, John, what's going on? Hey, I, I got a little bit of time. Can, can you do me a favor? Can you press my tux? And she's like, sure, don't worry about it. I'll be I said, I'll be back. In the meantime, while she's doing all that, a guy checks out and leaves his key on the desk. And I'm thinking, dude, I could use about three hours of sleep. So I slowly sneak my hand over and grab the key and put it in my pocket. So as soon as she leaves to go press my tux, I got four hours and I'm hung over. So I go find that room. In fact, they gave you a ride on the, on the little car, golf cart. So here I am showing up at G1 room you know, it's a villa in St. Martin on my layover to go to a party with Jeffrey Arpin that night. So I get there and I say to the, to the housekeeper, Oh, my flight was canceled. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be late checking out. So I sleep in somebody's villa and get three hours of sleep, wake up, go pick up my tux, get on the flight to Miami, 
I land and Jeffrey Arpin is, I think at that time, then we had cell phones by then because I think I remember talking, I think we had the old brick phones and he's like, get your ass here where the, the limo is leaving. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, what do you want to drink? And I'm like a gin and tonics. And I pull up to the Biscayne Bay Marriott, the limo pulls up. I'm putting my tux on in the car and in the taxi, I get, I get into the limo and it's me, Peter Vincent, Jeffrey Arpin and, and Jeff White. Mm-hmm. And here we go in a limo up to Boca Raton country club for a black tie affair that Chrissy Everett Lloyd is putting on for, you know, babies addicted, born addicted to Coke or whatever. And on the way up, all the party materials are there, Hennessy and everything. And we're partying. We get there and it's a black, it's, there's the news cameras are there. It's a big thing. President Bush had been there earlier in the day. Hall and Oates is playing for the music. There's a lot of big hitters. There's limousines yeah. and, and high-end people pulling up all, this is a black tie thing with a lot of rich people. And we get up there and it's our turn to get out of the limo. And Jeffrey rolls down the window to the limo driver and he goes, not yet. And I'm sitting there and we're all looking and people are lining up behind <laughs> us and, you know, and we're doing another more, another shot of Hennessy, whatever. Jeffrey, there's people backing up. He's like, just chill. So he goes, here's what's going to happen. Me, you, and Jeff are going to get out. We're going to have Peter, Peter Vincent. If you know Pete, he had a, a sequined jacket with a treble clef, you know, musical oh, note yeah. on his, on his, you know, sequined in. And we get out of the car and Jeffrey has, has put the, the, his jacket over my arm. We go around to the other door and everybody's like, who's getting out of this limo? Because we've been sitting there holding up traffic for like five, seven minutes, which is an eternity when everybody's wanting to. And nobody's saying stuff. And finally, Peter rolls down the window this far. We're outside. He's in the limo and he goes, I'm ready. (laughs) And he opened the door and he steps out. And he just strutted up the red carpet. We put that jacket on him. Cameras are flashing. Nobody knew who the hell he was, but they knew it's got to be somebody because they waited five minutes before they could see who it was. And we, I died laughing, man. Oh, my God. We had so much fun that night. All I remember the next morning, I woke up in the back in the Biscayne Bay Marriott. I had a receipt for four cores lights at 3.30 in the morning at some bar in Miami. I go down to the lobby of the Biscayne Bay Marriott. I buy a thing of Avion and some, you know, travel pack of Tylenols because I had a hangover. I go back up and Jeffrey Arpin and I stayed in the same room. He's still in his tux, hasn't even <laughs> hardly undone the bow tie. He's completely laid out like rigor mortis. And I, open, I, I, I nudge him and I go, I got this big bottle of Avion and some aspirin. And I say to him, Jeffrey, you want some water and some aspirin? And he opens one eye and he says, a little fucking late for that, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm trying to think when you were talking, if you were on The Majesty at the time, but you may have been the one or one of the people that started me on my whole food journey as far as uh, being a food nut or food hound and stuff, because huh. I want to say it was, I want to say it was Green Cayman and we went, whoever, I don't know if it was you or Shelly, uh, Woody Ack or, or whoever the shore X mm-hmm. and they set up, set us up at this 
was it called Chef Till? There was a big famous world chef or something, and yeah, Frank came in. I ring the bell. Yeah. And had, went and had like a puffer fish, you know, something, whatever that was supposed to be deadly. And, and, oh, okay. but it was this famous fruit through Michelin star looking thing. And that was, and it wasn't it like, okay, and you got off the pier, you went over to the right, and it was, we normally right. would go right. It was on the right, and it was like this, all this outdoor space. It's really pretty place, but it was it had like pricey. a boardwalk that you ate on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was expensive. Wow. Yeah. I remember, and this is a long time ago. So for us, you know, it was, but I remember we paid like $75 a person. And back then, That's that was of, like, yeah. yeah it was a lot of money but it, the food was just absolutely delicious well, there the only the big major foodie is bill brunkhorst the cruise director and i still keep in touch with him in fact he's been he stayed here before with me and and we used to go like into uh quebec city and when we did that montreal run or we do any european run you know we always looked for for good you know good places to eat but you know and we would just tear it up but the caribbean not so much but you know um, yeah, I mean, on the ship, I remember, you know, getting the, for me, <laughs> even the first few times I went on the ship, I was like, wow, what's this? Oh, this is called escargot. Oh, what's this? Oh, this is, yeah. you know, learning, learning about a lot of culinary. That's stuff the first the time I had escargot yeah, on the ship. And I was yeah. like, I am done. Like I would mm -hmm. order every time oh, yeah. we got a chance. It was mostly when we got on the Nordic Empress and Mike, uh, Di Maria and Jeff, um, uh, uh, Jeff and I would order, well, we got Jeff to try a escargot and he didn't like it at all, but we would order two or three of those dishes, man. It was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I have one Monday other, night on the Majesty. I have a quick story. I just thought of, of Johnny, Johnny Favelin story, Captain Johnny, uh, on the sun. Like, do you got a minute or you want to wind yeah. it up? Yeah. Oh, know. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, uh, you don't remember Stephen Lee Garden. I don't know if you ever worked with Stephen Lee Garden. He was the lead singer on the sun Viking and that's going back a ways. And, you know, our pod blog, we used to do big boy hikes. But anyway, Captain Johnny, a new new cast came on, you know. So he, of course, wanted to welcome the new cast, especially the dancers. So he told Stephen and I, hey, we're going to have a dinner up in my cabin. And this wasn't the first time I'd been up there. So I knew what it was going to entail, which was drinking a lot of aquavie or, you know, some aquavie. And I, I hate that stuff. And so this particular time we went up there and you know same story nice dinner meeting the new cast and and so uh captain gets up aquavi i gotta have a shot of aquavi so captain johnny goes over to his little wet bar in his cabin and i i had to go to the restaurant so i pass by him and i see the aquavi bottle and then i see he's got a heineken bottle and he's pouring it and i stop and the heineken is not foaming at all it's not creating any suds at all and i go to the bathroom and i'm like that son of a gun so i realized what he's doing he's pouring himself a a flat beer shot and he's pouring all of us aquavit right so we get back to the dining room table in his cabin and he goes all right aquavit and he gets ready and he puts them in front of everybody and i look at him and i switch mine with his i was sitting right next to him and he looks at me he's kind of taken aback and i just smiled at him like i'm on to your trick there big boy yeah. so he had to do a shot of aquavit <laughs> i did the flat heineken and from then on i never had to do another shot of aquavit because i was in on the secret so he always poured me the flat the flat heineken but <laughs> I don't know. These stories are kind of silly, but I know this. It's not the juicy stuff you like, Scott. But 
these are the things that I remember that just hey, we are, like them all. Oh, these are the I this mean, is the stuff I love. You these, do? These okay, little, good. I hope these I little details, these little things. Oh, yeah. I, I got yeah. another. Do you remember Joey Van, the guy that did all the impressions? I, I remember the name. Oh, okay. Oh, you Joey Van was funny. He used to do this thing called Double Talk, where he just talked gobbledygook, but enough of it made sense that he'd keep you engaged. Anyway, so I used to get a free Jeep in St. Martin every week because I, I would rent a bunch of Jeeps for the Jeep company and they'd say, here's your, your key. So I've been on every road in St. Martin by many times. I would just go, what's down this road? I've never been down here. One time we went with Joey Van, the entertainer, the headline entertainer, super great guy. And, and then two of the youth staff and Charlie McDonald is, yeah. as well. I think he was still youth staff then. We're in this Jeep and there might've been a couple other people. I think it was two Jeeps full of people. We're going to go to Orient Beach. We come up over the hill and there's a huge dark cloud. It's going to just pour down on the beach. We've got all these baguettes and grapes. We stopped at the French grocery store, got wine and cheese and grapes and bread. The baguettes, you know, you're shaking your head, right? You know what I'm talking about. And so crap, here's this storm. I'm like, hang on. I pull in, they're building these new condos that overlook the beach about a mile up the hill, but beautiful view. I pull in, they're like, what are you doing? I go, just don't worry. I start walking down till we get to one of the villas that's done, but not moved into. And some of the workers are there like, you know, hauling cement on their shoulder. I'm like, is Bill here? Is Bill here? And they're like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, is Bill here? And I'm like, never mind. We'll come back and see him later. And I, I had found one that was open, that the villa was done, not furnished, not closed on, just done. And I'm like, let's go. We all went in that villa. They had patio furniture already out on the, on the, on the thing. And we sat there and drank our wine and ate our grapes and watched that storm roll in. And we had one of the best afternoons at, uh, you know, parties and just everybody was doing bits and gigs. And Joey Van is, you know, he's a, he does like 50 imitations. So, you know, he was entertaining us and stuff. So that was just another when I was thinking about this show, I was like, oh, I wonder if, you know, like Charlie, if he's listening and remembers that day on that patio, because we took what would have been a rain out and we made it into a, a fun thing. And we kind of yeah. just, just by, and we didn't hurt anybody's stuff. We didn't make a mess. We took all our stuff with us, but we sat on somebody's balcony that hadn't closed on their property yet and, and had a great time. Had a heck of a time. I, I, I wish I could shout out to everybody, you know, all the comedians. I used to love hanging out with the comedians because they're the way to watch them. You can shout to, out just, whoever you want. I'll speak. Well, just, like, just, just do a Stevie B. Just do a Stevie B. Well, us. okay. Greg Otto is Bruce Gold. Paul Boland, Kelly Monteith are funny. You know, Sean Feeney. They call him Fat Feeney. I never figured out why he wasn't fat. Um, Brian Thelanius, Robin Gum, Pete Matthews, Jeff Martin, Burton Howie, and Robbie McLaren, Hugh Treadwell, Ben Cannon from the old days, and Patrick Schneider on Celebrity, Mark Preston, Ali North was there one night. We smoked with Oliver North, the, the general. Just a, a quick question. Did yeah. you actually work? I'm listening to the stories. It's like you were just out having a great There's time. so many stories in, in your yeah. stuff. Well, and you know, I burned the candle at both ends like you guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I, a lot of my stories didn't happen at two in the morning. I didn't know when it was going to end. So I wanted to do as many helicopters and things. And, you know, that was my, my favorite even, thing. Like, you know, when, being a, a little boy from Oklahoma and never got to do anything. I was like, shark dive. Okay. We'd go on a shark feeding. Exactly. We'd go on a, 
bungee jumping, you exactly. know, uh, a seaplane yeah. ride, helicopter ride, yeah. parasailing. We, we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. as we as so, wrap up here, what are you doing? Uh, in- I work at a company that uh, makes an ingredient for nutraceuticals. Uh, it's, there's a, a plant that grows in Florida called salt palmetto. It's only grows mm-hmm. in Florida and we extract the medicinal part of it and send it all over the world. We're the biggest distributor to Korea. What does that do? Okay, It's for male prostate health and also hair growth. Uh, Oh, I need that. (laughs) Yeah. Salt palmetto. Send 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 us some samples. All right. I'll I'll hook you guys up. That sounds good. But that's what I'm doing. I still have my broker's license, but uh, I don't, I don't really, I'm not active in the real estate. Mm. So the, the leaves, so you guys who are not in Florida don't understand the leaves on a salt palmetto, they're called salt palmetto for a reason. If you run past them and you just brush against it, you will have a tremendous, like deep scratch on your leg. Yeah, off of, yeah. I used to go running in the Everglades quite a bit when I was in mm-hmm. high school and college and we'd get back and our legs, the front of our legs were just like, yeah, it looked like somebody had whipped us. It was it's so a- bad. It's a tough little plant. It's disease yeah. resistant, drought resistant, flood resistant, pest resistant. Yeah. It, it grows wild. You can't cultivate it. You can't go, oh, I think I'll make a farm of supplement. Right. It grows wild. Sell the oil. We sell it in drums of oil all over the world. So that's what I'm doing now. Send me a drum. With. Send me a, a drum. drum. I'll <laughs> test it out. We're going to our third right. season. And, and, uh, you know, Man, my I prostate is going to be just be so good. i i I appreciate what you guys are doing i know other people do and i'm glad i had my chance to put my two cents worth in i know that scott wants to to really dig the dirt but that's all that's all that's all i got i got just fun fun good times you know but i love it i love it really great memories that's that's the beauty of the show some some have you know good bad ugly stories and some has got just a I mean, you had a great time on there. Like uh, all yeah. your stuff was fascinating. It was great. To I, listen. Great having you on. Thanks for coming on and, and doing it. And you'll have to, one of the guys that I'm trying to track down is Jeffrey Arpin to try to get him oh, in here. But okay. Sean Feeney and Jeffrey Arpin and some of the okay. guys like that. Uh, uh, Bob Leiniger, you know, Laura Lieberman's been on. I don't know if you've listened to her huh. episode, but. Keep up the good work, hey, man. Dude. Okay. See, see you. Have a good night. All, all right. right. Bye. Bye. Oh, awesome. that was great. Yeah. Was good. I like those. Press the go button and. Whoosh, Oh man, uh, and he's just got yeah, prepared. He just, had great stories. Just he just you know, took it and ran with it. Yeah, that was great. That's what we want, people. Awesome. We want stories. We yeah. want a full story. So I'll just go ahead and put this one into MP3, and I won't even have to edit it. So no, you're going to need to edit it, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I want about 20 minutes cut off of this one. That's. I was thinking, why wow, <laughs> this is going to be hard to cut off because. He just like rolled through it. Hey everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast in video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!